welcome back to Awareness to Action. This is Casey here, and we are hard at work preparing for season two, but we didn't want to miss the opportunity to reflect back on our first season. We launched this podcast in 2020 with the hope that it would reach people in our community who are wanting to use their knowledge and passion to make a difference. We've been so moved by the response of listeners, not just from our community, but all across the country. We know that we owe much of that excitement to the guests we were lucky enough to sit down with this season. They brought a variety of expertise and heart to the table, and I genuinely enjoyed my conversations with each of them. If you've listened to the show before, you know that we end each episode with the same question. What does the process of awareness to action mean to you? I love this part of the episode because it really prompts each guest to summarize the meaning behind what they do for their community. For this bonus episode, we've compiled each guest's answer from season one, and I hope you'll continue listening for a dose of inspiration and maybe think about what this question means for you. Our very first guest was Robin Blumenthal, a children's and family pastor for over 25 years and the Education Domain Director at 4 Tucson in Arizona. Robin also authored a book titled Where in the Zoo Are You, which was published the same month as our episode. Robin and I talked about adverse childhood experiences and maintaining empathy and connection amidst the COVID-19 pandemic. Here's what Robin had to say about the process of awareness to action. I think it means that I can do something. I cannot do everything, but like the story of the starfish, I can do something for one person. And when I do that, it changes the world for that one person. Uh, In our family, having gone into the foster care, where we had raised our four daughters and our youngest um, had just left for college or were getting ready to leave when we were getting our foster care license. And people would joke with us and say, well, you must just not want to have an empty nest. And I said, no, I'm afraid I'll like my empty nest. And we want to make a difference in someone's life before we get too comfortable. And knowing that we were able to bring a child from the foster care system and seeing the change in her life in two years, looking at how she relates and all those things has been, is certainly not easy all the time, but I can say it's been life-giving and life-changing. And, and I look at the things that I've been learning about ACEs, um, and it's been this perfect storm, right? I, I learn something, I go home and I go, oh, I see why that works. Yeah. <laughs> I see why I shouldn't do that. And she has taught me so much. And, and I think in all of that, I think it is so important for us to know that we can be that difference for somebody. And now that may not mean that we're bringing somebody in, you know, from foster care or any of those things, but it may mean that we look at to a neighbor that we haven't seen well, or we know someone who passed away and they left some family members that are really struggling. Or we see that store clerk who just is always so gruff and you wonder what is happening in their life at home that makes them not have any energy to greet people nicely. I mean, let alone COVID. Certainly that's enough for many of us. But I think the whole idea is that when we are aware of what's happening in the world around us and how people are affected by that, it changes how we interact with others or it changes how we interact and look at ourselves. And and we're not going to get it perfect. I mean, again, if you had my kids on, they would all be like, oh, (laughs) a lot of things she does wrong. Absolutely. But I think in general, if we learn and grow together, 
then we can all do something. And that action might look different for you than it does for me. But I can say, if I never heard of this three years ago, and I now started a conference because I knew people need to hear about it, then there's something anyone can do. I'm just, you know, just Robin, somebody who is out there and felt called to do some of these things. And I think all of us feel that calling to do in whatever that is, that's our action. And that's what's going to really help us to um, just, I think, to be able to build resilience, to say, hey, I did something. Next up, we welcomed Miss America to the show. Camille Schreier is a doctor, a pharmacy student, and earned the job of Miss America in 2020. Camille's year of service was dedicated to reducing opioid misuse, medication errors, and the associated mortality of both. We discussed Camille's social impact initiative, what it means to respect medication, and the significance of naloxone. The process of awareness to action, to me, ultimately is the success that we're looking for. Because if I can be the person that spreads awareness, that's what I feel like my ultimate goal is through being Miss America and talking about these issues and telling people the things that they can do to make a difference. If that translates into action from the people that I'm talking to, that's the ultimate goal of what I'm able to do. That is the success. And so I think that that translation is what I ultimately look for. And so that's, that's the goal. That is success. So I would say that's what that means to me. Bringing things back a little closer to home, we sat down with Tim May, a licensed professional counselor and the program manager of substance use services at Northwestern Community Services. Tim is responsible for program development, implementation, and provision of substance use services at Northwestern, which covers the counties of Shenandoah, Page, Frederick, Clark, Warren, and the city of Winchester. Tim and I talked about substance misuse, the art of growing into knowledge, and what it means to support a loved one in recovery. To me, I guess it's gaining insight, knowledge, um, awareness, so you can take action, so you're more uh, educated in the action that you take. Next, we had our first duo on the show. I sat down with Eric Benson and Megan Gordon to discuss trauma-informed schools and the importance of community partnerships in the education of young people. Eric is the Assistant Superintendent of Instruction, Innovation, and Accountability for Page County Public Schools, and Megan serves as the Program Director for Page Alliance for Community Action, a substance misuse prevention coalition. I just think it means, you know, making sure we continue to to educate and move forward, um, that everybody knows about the importance of trauma-informed and that we move to be um, trauma supportive, that we continue to build the skills uh, that we need. We continue to help build the skills in the community, that we move our community from, from not only being trauma informed, but being a trauma supportive community and where we're leading, you know, our mindset's positive. We're, we're leading with empathy and love and, and compassion. Casey, for me, I really tried to focus on the two words, awareness and action. Um, and so when I think about the word awareness, I think about developing an understanding of childhood trauma and how trauma can adversely influence learning and behavior. And then when I think about the word action, I think about then equipping individuals with specific tools to create trauma-informed, resilient environments. 
Um, I think it's important that our listeners know that all students need a safe and supportive schools um, that can respond to the effects of trauma and toxic stress in order for uh, learning to happen. Our episode with Keith Cartwright went live the week of Valentine's Day, fitting since Keith spoke to the importance of relationships and how we can build better ones. Keith is a behavioral health wellness consultant for the Virginia Department of Behavioral Health and Developmental Services. Keith shared about adverse childhood experiences and offered his thoughts on the difference between prevention and promotion. Whew. Um, you know, I read, you know, you, you shared that question with me and I kind of got, you know, a little emotional. I do now thinking about it because again, I go back to, I walked out of that training knowing that I had heard something that changed my life. And I walked out of there really overwhelmed by the reality of just the kind of hardship people have faced in their lives and the impact that it's having on them. And, you know, it's an awareness you have to act on when it's all you start thinking about, when you wake up in the middle of the night thinking about it. Like I got friends that say, Keith, do you ever talk about anything other than people's stories and what happened to them as babies? And the answer is probably not much, you know? Um, but I think it's a beautiful thing when we have, we become aware of something and it moves us so much that we, we can't be us if we're not doing something about it. And so not everybody will hear this podcast and that won't be you, but and this is sort of off topic a little bit, but I just, I just encourage you, you know, if, if something, if you become aware of anything today, tomorrow, and it just stirs in you, man, go do something about it. Because like, I get goosebumps sitting here right now thinking, like I heard that I was in that conference, you know, four years ago, and now I'm sitting here talking to you, right? I mean, that's like, that floors me in a way, because it wouldn't have happened. Like if I hadn't become aware of something that I refuse not to act on. And that would have been the consequence. This conversation you and I are having, this Casey and Keith challenge for people like, you know, sometimes we don't take enough time to sort of back up and see where that came from. And where it came from was awareness to an action. And that's not, I'm not the only one capable of that. And you're not the only one capable of saying, you know, I think a podcast is help. We're going to do one. A lot of people in our communities have the capacity to be aware of things, to look in that family's house and say, okay, now I'm aware of this. What can I contribute to giving them a chance? Um, so I think that's a, a, it's certainly one of the more beautiful questions I've ever been asked doing some of these interviews and pod, podcasts. And, um, and I hope people will take it, take it to heart because it isn't all, it's an us thing, you know? After that, we talked to the Jamika Iomeri, a certified peer recovery specialist and forensic peer support specialist with Northwestern Substance Use Disorder Peer Program. Jamika has lived experience with recovering from what she describes as debilitating mental illness and drug and alcohol addiction. 
Jamika shared her story with us, and we discussed accepting help and resources, the role of hope in recovery, and what community members can do to support individuals living with mental illness or a substance use disorder. Like I said before, you know, I believe you can't begin to fix a problem until you know that it exists. And that's what awareness to action represents to me. It's about identifying the issues that are affecting us, our communities, people that we work with, people that we're living with, as far as mental health and substance use go, and then identifying ways that we can all act to support change and transition to healthy lives for those people who are living with those issues. Next up, Kim Lauby joined us from New York. Kim is the Executive Director of Human Understanding and Growth Services Incorporated, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that has been serving the youth and communities of Suffolk County for over 30 years. Kim and I talked about empowerment, resilience, community parenting, and listening to your inner voice. Kim basically answered the awareness to action question early on, so instead of the final question, she offered us a takeaway lesson. So oftentimes I find that that we used to tell the story a lot and we stopped telling it, but the, the quick version of it is uh, a little boy was walking on the beach and there were thousands of starfish that had washed up on the shore. And he would like one by one, very like take them and throw them back and take them and throw them back. And there was an old man who, who came across him and was like, young boy, what are you, what are you doing? And he's like, He's like, I'm, I'm saving the starfish. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm getting them help. And he's like, young boy, look, there are thousands of starfish. Like, like you, you, how are you even making a difference? And the little boy picks up the one starfish and he throws it back. And he's like, well, it just made a difference to that one. And when I tell the story, people are like, oh, that makes sense. And then I get mad because I hate that story. And here's why I hate that story. I think we have new tools today and we need to utilize them more and because we need buckets. And yes, it is about reaching that one individual. And I also think that we can think about how much the need is and how much the need especially is going to be because the tsunami that is going to happen with mental health and with substance use disorder after this pandemic is going to be so powerful and we are gonna really need buckets. And so um, so let's try and save as many individuals as we can and let's try and make the space better. And let's try and yes, take care of ourselves and plug in and, um, and, and self-care and let's try and really be of service wherever we can because we're being called to action in a very big way. and. Um, and, and together we can answer that call. So Casey, thank you so much for the opportunity to just come online and, and just talk about all the good stuff, right? Like talk, and even as we meandered through some of the challenging stuff, we got to talk about the good stuff. So let's grab some buckets and grab some starfish and, uh, and do what we can to make the space better. We circled back to Arizona for a conversation with Angie Burleson. Angie is a community development specialist and polarity therapist and founder of Arizona Recovers, a recovery community organization which provides harm reduction-based peer support, community, and prevention. Angie and I covered topics like community storytelling, setting boundaries, overcoming shame, social determinants of health, and making change at the policy level. Oof, it means everything to me. We 
can't do anything about what we don't know. And um, that process, you know, I always tell my kids that the day that you stop, stop learning is the day that you start dying. Because, you know, there, there's so much in this world that we could never know at all, ever. Um, and things change and wow, do they change so rapidly in these days, right? And that pro but process of awareness to action is um, being open to always learning something new and understanding how that may not just affect you, but how it may affect others. Um, and, and then doing the next right thing. Dr. Matt Pandel and I met next. Dr. Pandel has worked for Northwestern Community Services Board as a child and adolescent therapist since December 2009. In addition to his work with the CSB, he operates a consulting practice and has served as a clinical professor of psychology at several institutions. We talked about the benefits of community engagement and Dr. Pandel offered practical advice for identifying interests and opportunities to become involved. Dr. Pandel gave a short and sweet response to our final question, and he attributed the answer to the Apostle Paul. Being all things to all people, that I might by some means save some. Dr. Summer George was our next guest. Dr. George is a licensed counselor who provides assessment, training, and supervision at the Virginia Child and Family Attachment Center and Secure Child Program in Charlottesville, Virginia, and teaches part-time in the Master's in Counseling program at Eastern Mennonite University. We discuss strengthening relationships, savoring joy and delight, and engaging in lifelong learning. The, the other thing that comes to mind is I, um, one of the things that I've enjoyed studying and um, have written some about is the idea of reflective functioning. So the capacity to um, kind of make connections between our experiences and our thoughts and our feelings and behaviors, both for ourselves, but also in others. And just how important it is for us to cultivate that kind of um, awareness. And one of the things we know in the field of attachment is that when people have more of the reflective capacity, um, children tend to be more secure in those relationships. And which kind of makes sense. That's one of those things that the awareness of like how emotion and experience impact behaviors can help to um, impact, it impacts how we interact then as, as a result. So one of the things that I think about with that question of awareness to action is also about the um, becoming aware of ourselves and how those pieces fit together. Um, and then taking the time to reflect on other people's experience and how, you know, the behavior that we see is often connected to an emotion and connected to an experience and so on. And by doing that, it creates more um, empathy and understanding that allows us to respond in ways that create connection, um, as well as to make those repairs that are so important after a disruption. So that's something I try to really incorporate in, in my own life, both personally and professionally, um, but then also um, encourage when I'm working with um, therapists or parents to um, slow down, take the time to process those kinds of things because it really can make a difference um, in our lives and, and the lives of others. Mm -hmm.
Last but not least, Yvonne Frazier was our final guest of the season. Yvonne is the Program Manager for Healthy Families of Shenandoah and Page Counties and founder of the Community Care and Learning Center in Newmarket, Virginia, Shenandoah County's first nonprofit child care center. Yvonne is also a field supervisor for JMU students from several disciplines. We talked about collaboration, strategy, and creatively addressing the needs of our community. We only know what we know, and we don't know what we don't know. And so being aware of something is the only thing that is going to motivate someone or a group of people to act. I remember years ago in Healthy Families when we were talking about um, back to sleep, you know, and so you don't put babies on their tummy. And we had had a new mom, first child, and the home visitor went out and was explaining that. And she went, oh, they told me in the hospital not to do that, but they didn't say why. And so he was quieter when I put him on his stomach. So I just did it. Once we know, once we're aware, once we have an understanding of the impact something can have, we're much more likely to act and to, to be motivated to act. And so I think that's, I think that's really important. We go through our lives we drive down the road, we see houses, we see children, and we have no idea of what is going on in their lives. Um, and having some additional awareness, not necessarily of that particular child or that particular home, but the situations that are different from what we might know in our daily lives can motivate us um, to move towards action and to understand that there is action that needs to be taken. So I don't think I thought about it when I first heard the name of the podcast series, but once we started to talk about um, doing this, I was actually very impressed with whoever came up with that because it does um, it, it does show where we're trying to move. If, if you understand something and understand that you can have a role, you're much more likely to be able to feel good about being a part of, of making a change. To say that I found all of those answers inspiring would be an understatement. I'm so grateful for the guests who gave us their time and wisdom and to our listeners who have made this show so fun. Make sure you're subscribed to Awareness to Action so you can catch season two coming soon. Mm -hmm.